Um, I'm, I'm feeling compelled to do a couple of things, and, and I want to make sure we have time to get some of the main things covered. Um, let, me, let me start, if I could, just to, to talk with you for a minute. Um, let's begin in Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. And I want to show you this uh, verse in the King James as well as in the New King James Version. Um, we're going to do some, not just review this morning, we're going to do some recapping. Amen. And obviously we uh, had our guest last Sunday, so it's been two weeks since I've had a chance to speak to you on this subject. And I want to make sure that you are keeping the, the full train of thought, so to speak, uh, in the forefront of your heart and mind, that you understand what each of these different components and pieces that we're covering and looking at, uh, that you see the big picture uh, of those things and that you know, what God is wanting to do in our lives and, and, the, and the significant shift that he's wanting to produce in our life realities this, this year and, and how all these things are related and connected. And so I want to take a little bit of time maybe towards the end um, to, to do that. But Matthew chapter 6, verses uh, 19 through 23 Jesus speaking, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth, break, doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body will be shall be full of darkness, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Now, we see some of these words translated a bit differently in the New King James Version. For example, in the New King James Version, we see the word lamp instead of light. So let's, let's do it again. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. This is the New King James, so slightly different. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right, now he says in verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye instead of the light. All right, and if you go to the original language, lamp is the more accurate translation because he's not talking about light in and of itself, but that which produces light. And even specifically in this case, he's not talking about the sun that would produce light, that would be like natural daylight, nor is he, did Jesus use the word that would be translated candle, although we do know that he talked about candles and they used candles for light in their day, but specifically he used the word lamp as in an oil lamp. And if you understand how an oil lamp works, you light the wick and as the wick burns, it draws oil up through the wick and feeds that light. And this is extremely important for us to understand the difference here when he says the lamp of the body is the eye, because he's talking about the power of what you focus upon yourself, the power of what you, with your outward or your physical vision, what you set your eye upon, the Bible says it's, it's going to have a drawing effect, just like that that oil lamp, right? It draws the, the oil up through the wick and feeds that, that uh, light burning, the fire burning on the end of the wick. In the same way, what we focus on is going to draw both, you know, 
it's going to draw things to you and it's going to draw you towards those things. Amen. Now, the next part of this is when he says in the New King James Version, um, if your eye is good. And in the King James Version, he says, if your eye is single. And in order to understand why we have the differences in the translations, you have to understand the next verse. He says, if your eye is single or good, your whole body will be full of light. Now, I think I've mentioned this to you once before. If you underline or mark or highlight things in your Bible, that phrase, your whole body will be full of light, is an extremely important phrase. Your whole body being full of light is what God desires for you. It's what Jesus came to do for you and for me, for your whole body to be full of light. Now remember, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So your body is full of your spirit and your soul, and your spirit and your soul are what the Bible calls your heart, your cardia. The cardia of a human being, as it relates to Scripture, is talking about the combination of your spirit and your soul. The, the, the technical definition is the totality of the immaterial man. So of the three dimensions that are you, spirit, soul, and body, one part of you is material, physical material. The other two uh, elements, dimensions of your existence, are immaterial. Your spirit is immaterial, meaning it's not, it's not physical matter, like this pulpit is physical matter, and your soul is not physical matter, right? For instance, your soul is the part of you that thinks, feels, and chooses. Your soul is your mind, emotions, and will. And so when we talk about a thought, thoughts are real, Amen. But has anybody ever seen one? <laughs> In other words, we're talking about something that's immaterial, yet a vital part of not just our existence, but a vital determining factor in the quality or lack of quality of our existence. Amen. Now, I know I'm, I'm going kind of fast here. I didn't really mean to get this far into all of these things. But for where we are right now, your body being full of light, he's talking about this inward part of you. Uh, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, he simplifies this later in his letter to the Corinthians. He says that you have an inward man and an outward man. Well, we know that the inward man is speaking of the spirit and the soul. And the outward man is talking about the physical body. So Jesus is talking about these two different abilities that we have to see. We have the ability to see outwardly with our physical eyes. But then we also have the ability to see inwardly. And we were never meant to live by the, the way we see things outwardly, but we were always meant to live by the way we see things from the inside. Because God created you and designed you to live from the inside to the outside. But when Adam and Eve sinned and separated us from God, we lost our viable connection with God's Spirit. Amen? And when we lost that viable connection with God's Spirit, we didn't stop existing. So we tried to compensate for the loss by substituting something else in place of living from our heart, living from our inward part. And, and so what we, what we substituted for that is, is what I call either the physical sight or the physical brain. We were never meant, we were never meant to live by the way things look are you hearing me? By the way things seem or by the way things appear. 
Because when we fall into the trap of living by the way things look, seem, and appear, we become very vulnerable to the enemy who is a deceiver. And if we have gone all in living our life based upon the way things look, seem, and appear, and add to that feelings, how things look, seem, feel, appear, that's another one where he wants to trick us and deceive us, then we become very vulnerable to, to his manipulation, become very vulnerable to the enemy uh, tricking us and deceiving us and fooling us. Now, there's a lot that we're going to come back and unpack from this passage. But one of the key things that we see here is that what you look to becomes the lens you look through. I've said that before. I'm going to say it a bunch of more times. I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but sometimes if we, don't, if we, if we never get the, the, the basic essence of what Jesus is trying to say to us, we then miss out on the other implications or other extensions of and connections with in the, in the scriptures to these things. So I'm going I'm to say that again. What you look to becomes the lens you look through. That's what Jesus is saying here. Now, we're going to talk about what it means to lay up treasure in heaven. We'll get to that maybe next week. But, but in order for us to effectively look to heaven, right, we're going to have to lay up treasure in heaven. Because notice now, where your treasure is, where will your heart be? It'll be connected to your treasure. Are you seeing this? So in order for our hearts, our hearts seeing inwardly, come on now, stay with me. I know this is a little bit confusing. Just stay with me. Holy Spirit's helping us. Praise God. Holy Spirit's helping us. In order for us to, let me back up. You were never meant, you were never meant to live in this world with a view of this world that comes from this world. Amen. Now think about that. You were never meant to live in this world, looking at this world, the way the world has conditioned you to look at this world. We were meant to live in this world with a view of this world that comes from heaven. To see things the way God sees them. To look at things the way God looks at them. Most people on planet earth, and sadly, I hate to say this, but most people on planet earth, including God's people, look at this world, they look at their life, they look at their place in this world, they look at, at the resources that they think are available to them in this world with a view that comes from this world. And this is the significant shift that God has been speaking to us about since the beginning of 2023 that he wants to make a significant shift in our life realities. He wants to make a significant shift, not incremental, not gradual, not, not a little bit here, a little bit there, but he wants to propel us forward. And the way he desires to propel us forward is to bring a significant shift in the way that we look at things, to bring a significant shift in the way that we see things. Amen. And Jesus is telling us how to experience that significant shift here in Matthew, the sixth chapter. 
So your heart will be, I'm going to simplify it now, your heart will be connected to your treasure. See, we're trying, to, we're trying to see things from a heavenly perspective when our treasure's not in heaven, our treasure's on the earth. Our heart's connected to this, to this world because we've, we've laid up more treasure on earth than we have in heaven. And that draws us, see, that's back to that drawing effect of the eye, that drawing effect of, of what you look to, what you look to, because what you... Let, let's, let's add one more layer to it. I know I hadn't explained this yet, but where you lay up will be where you look from. Amen? So if you lay up treasure in heaven, your heart will be connected to your treasure, which will make it a whole lot easier for you to see things from a heavenly perspective. Now, let me, let me step back here for just a moment. Something that we have said for years around here at Heritage, and I'm, I'm going to bring it back up. Some of you will remember this statement, okay? That we were created to live on a level that we can't get to by ourselves. We, we, we were created to, to live in a place, and, and, and let's tie in some of the terminology we've been using, live with a perspective that, that we can't, achieve on our own we can't get there alone thank you jesus man i got so much going off in my heart right now the word of the lord came to us on a wednesday night i don't know about four or five weeks ago and this and this is what the lord told me to to say, not just to you, but to anybody who, who has ears to hear. He said that a self-help mindset from the world has crept into the church and it must be rooted out. Say that again. A self-help mindset from the world. A self-help mindset is not is not a godly mindset. Well, Pastor Mark, doesn't the Bible say God helps those who help themselves? No. It doesn't say that. Anywhere in there. No more than it says it takes a village to raise a child. It's a worldly mindset. It's your responsibility to raise your children, not the government's. Donald Ballard, who said that it takes a village to raise a child? Hillary Clinton said that, not the Holy Spirit. Let me stay focused here for a minute. A worldly self-help mindset has crept into the church and it must be rooted out. In John the sixth chapter, Jesus fed a large group of people with a little boy's lunch. And the folks 
ate until they were filled, and then some. I believe it was the most food some of those people had ever eaten in one sitting in their entire lifetimes. And the next morning they woke, woke up hungry, and they went to find Jesus because they wanted him to feed them again. He had moved on to another place. They got in boats, they rowed across the end of the, of the sea, and they found Jesus on the other side, and they approached Jesus, and Jesus said, you do not seek me because of the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and you were filled. And this is what they asked him. They said, would you please tell us how to do what you did yesterday so we can go back home and do it ourselves? That is a self help mindset in other words they wanted Jesus to tell them something that would make their life better they wanted Jesus to tell them something that they could go and do without him are you hearing this see they weren't they didn't come to him Jesus responded by saying listen your work is to believe on him whom God has sent they weren't interested in that they wanted Jesus to tell them what they could do to make their situation better. That is what we mean by a self-help mindset. How many of God's people view the Bible as a self-help book? View pastors as self-help coaches? And churches as self-help support groups? Where we come to learn something that we can then take back home with us that might improve our marriage, that might improve our parenting, that might improve our financial situation, that might improve our mental health, that might improve our emotional well-being, that might make life a little more easy or a little more convenient, and we've missed the whole point. None of the ways of God are meant to be self-help principles. Let me say it another way. They won't work without Him. They won't work without Him. Now, the last thing that, that, that I said to you on the Sunday uh, a week ago, or two weeks ago, the last time I was with you on a Sunday, was we looked at the ministry platform of Jesus. Let's, let's turn there for a minute. Praise God. All right, we got a few more minutes. I know we've got communion this morning. We're going to enjoy that together. It's, it's Luke, the fourth chapter. I've got slides. Let me find the slides here. Praise God. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18. This is Jesus reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, we explain this using some political terminology and called it the ministry platform of Jesus. In other words, this is what Jesus came to do for mankind. 
And we said that one of the issues that needs to be corrected here is this idea that some of these things apply to us and some of them do not. In other words, we almost look at this as a menu of services. But this was never meant to be looked at as, you know, what, you know, like you, you go to a restaurant and you know, they got these, you know, 14 vegetables, right? And you can only pick two. And it's like, man, do I want the okra or do I, is your okra fried, ma'am? Is it, you know, my other one there wants to ask them, is it like those frozen dough balls that have a little piece of okra in the middle or is it like really okra like my grandmother and my mother fixed, you know? I think sometimes we look at this and, and it's like, well, you know, um, I've really never been poor, I've been blessed, so I don't need that, but I've never really been in addiction, so I don't, I don't need that. Thank God I can see, I don't need that. And, and we just kind of look at this like, this is, you know, only applies to certain people, or only applies to certain people at certain points in their lives. And my friend, we, we are wrong with that approach. The thing the Lord said to us was that every plank applies to every person equally. Now, what do we mean by that? We were all poor. It's just some of us recognize that we were and some of us rec don't recognize that. And we looked at the passage in the book of Revelation to give us the perspective, right? God's perspective. He says, look, you, you talk about how rich you are and how, how this you are and all these other things. He said, but you have no idea that you're poor and you're wretched and you're naked. See, they were looking at things from a different perspective, right? Now, I'm saying all that to say that this part about recovery of sight to the blind, recovery here means, I think, two important applications. Recovery means a return to normal, and it means to restore something that has been lost or stolen. So when it says recovery of sight to the blind, he's saying that Jesus came to return normal vision back to those who have lost it. and to restore back to us, right? Now, if you've read my book, Becoming a Threat to Addiction, you know that when it comes to addiction recovery, I'm not a fan of return to normal. And I'm not a fan of return to normal because what's normal for one person may be completely abnormal to someone else. Are you hearing me? See, if you said the abbreviated version of buttocks in my family, B-U-T-T, that's a four-letter word. Are you hearing me? That's how, that was normal for us. I mean, to this day, my mother says duster. 
I'm just, amen. Does that make us better than you if your mama said, I'm fixing to whip your butt? No, not necessarily. Sorry, mom. Praise God. Amen. So the point I'm trying to make is, you know, I, I would go to friends' houses, spend the night, and, you know, they, they would, you know, act in ways that we never acted at home. They would say things that we never said at home. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So just to, just to say recovery's a return to normal, what do, you do, what do you do with the person who the first time they got drunk, it was with their daddy at nine years old? So, I mean, normal to them. Thank God my mother wanted something besides what was normal in her household growing up. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So I'm not, I'm, in, that, in that setting, then, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of return to normal because normal can mean different things to different people. But in this particular situation, normal is what God intended for it to be. Jesus came to restore our ability to see things the way God always intended for us to see them. Recovery of sight to the blind. And then also to to restore something that's been lost or stolen. And somewhere along the way, we, we... have lost our ability to see things the way God intended for us to see them. Are, are, you, are you following me? It, it's somewhere along the way, um, the devil stole from us. The devil stole from us. I'm not going to get into it this morning, but if you have a chance sometime in the next week or two, you know, read the Genesis chapter 3, at least the first, I don't know, eight, eight or ten verses of that. What, what was the thing... What was the thing that the devil said? What was, what was what he tempted them with? He said, if you eat the fruit, you will see things that you can't see right now. Right now you can only see good, but if you, if you eat this fruit, you'll be able to see good and evil. You'll be like God. And what does the Bible say happened when they ate the fruit? And the eyes of both of them were opened. Their eyes were open to things that God never intended for us to focus on, see, or even be aware of. They went from only God conscious to being God conscious and now sin conscious. And then immediately upon becoming sin conscious, they became self conscious. They went from only God aware to now they're God aware and sin aware. That's why they hid from God when He came to fellowship with Him in the cool of the evening. They hid themselves from God and from one another because they were self-conscious. They were self-aware. And from Adam to Noah, with each passing generation, mankind became more and more sin-conscious, more and more self-conscious, and less and less God-conscious until every thought in every heart was only evil continually, and so God had to intervene with the flood. Only Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Are you, are you following what I'm saying here? Something, something has been stolen. Something has been lost. Now, two things, and we're, and we're going to do communion. First of all, first of all, we said two weeks ago that blinder than blind is to be blind but think you can see. 
would be easier to sell ice to an Eskimo. Anybody remember this line? Easier to sell ice to an Eskimo than to give light to a man who thinks he already has plenty. The Bible says when Jesus came, he came to people who had sat in darkness for generation after generation after generation. And they had sat in darkness so long that they thought the darkness was light. They were blind and didn't know they were. Now, the next thing, and I want to I connect this because you say, well, what is the self-help part? Did you just feel like you needed to say that to us? No, no, listen to me, please. I'm going to connect that together. Look at it again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. What does that mean? It means that Jesus as a man had been empowered by God to bring recovery of sight to the blind. Not just the physically blind. Not just the outwardly blind. Thank God there were not as many outwardly blind people as there were inwardly blind people. But what he did for people outwardly was an outward representation of what he desired to do for everyone inwardly. Now, if we try to look at this one of the things we talked about in that self-help sermons, and they're all on, online, you can, I'd love for you to go back and listen to them if you haven't heard those, you weren't here for those, is this idea of a self-guided effort towards self-improvement. Just tell us what we got to do, Jesus, and we'll, and we'll get right to it. Just, 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 you know, what do we, is it money that you need? What, what do we got to do? See, that, this is, this, is where, this is where we've got to understand that there is nothing you can do apart from him to recover your own ability to see the way he created you to see. Come on, Matt, Vanessa, Daniel. Amen. Is Brother Shorty still here? Anthony's still here? Yeah. I wasn't leaving him out. That's beautiful drumming this morning. Praise God. Let me say it another way. We are just as dependent upon Jesus for the recovery of our inward sight as Barnabas was dependent upon Jesus for the recovery of his natural sight, his outward sight. I, I tend to be a, um, what's the right word here? Um, I, I, can, I relate to the rich young ruler. He, he just wanted Jesus to tell him what he needed to do. Right? Just, just make it plain, spell it out for me. And, and, we'll, get, and we'll get right to it. And, and um, you know, who knows, I might could get it done before the next guy. I, I, think, I think a lot of us, I think all of us have some element of that. Um, I'm, I like, let me say it another way, I like to-do lists. I, I've, actually, I've actually added something to a to-do list that I've already done just for the satisfaction of checking it off. I just, that's just how I'm wired, right? So just give me the, just give me the list and, and we'll get it done. But see, that, 
that approach to things can very quickly become a self-help approach. Where, okay, Jesus, I'm going to go work on this and I'll report back to you later on my progress. It's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. Come to me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest to your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, come do life together with me. Let's, let's, let's walk along side by side and, and, and let me help you see things in your life from my perspective. I wish I could tell you, just go read this book and it'll, rest, it'll restore your spiritual sight. Now, obviously, don't, you hear me now. You hear me now. You think, well, just go read the Bible and it'll, it'll restore your spiritual sight. Yes, unless you look at it as a self-help book. Remember what Jesus said to the religious leaders? He said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life and you've yet to understand that all of those scriptures point to me, point to Jesus. Does this Bible have anything to say about eternal life? You better know it. But are you ever going to have it without Jesus? You are not going to have it without him. Amen. Uh, Brother Pops, whoever's going to serve communion, if you gentlemen come on this morning, praise God. Are y'all getting anything out of this at all? Man, my, this is burning in me. It, I, I had opportunity yesterday to go spend some time with, with Jake and Bethany and the boys, and Pam and I went with them to the, to the strawberry patch. I was about an hour drive, and, and um, Bethany graciously let me ride up front with Jake, and, and um, man, we talked, I guess, an hour up to the strawberry patch and an hour back. Uh, about these things they're just they are burning in me and um amen 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 the the brothers are going to serve you communion this morning if um if you receive yours first if you would just hold them to everyone is served and then we'll all partake together if you're a guest with us this morning we would love for you to partake of communion if you're a member of the body of christ you're one of us amen and uh and we'll enjoy uh, this together praise god